You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, live from Dave & Buster's at Tempe Marketplace. Now, here's the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Now, the 2022 football season has come down to one game for Arizona State. One game that is the game. A game that is a season unto itself. This Friday in Tucson, the Sun Devils and the arch-rival Arizona Wildcats will clash on the gridiron for the 96th time with the winner taking possession of the Territorial Cup, the oldest rivalry game trophy in American college football. ASU will be seeking to claim that Territorial Cup for a sixth consecutive year, the school's longest winning streak in this rivalry since the early 1970s. We invite you to join us for the next hour as we preview the Territorial Cup game against Arizona on our final 2022 installment of the Maroon Monsoon presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice for Sun Devil Football and your host for tonight's show, which is being broadcast live as it has been all season long from Dave & Buster's in Tempe Marketplace. Come on down and join us. My co-host once again, Arizona State interim head coach Sean Aguano, who's been a part of this rivalry game the last three years, but is about to be the serve as the head coach in this rivalry game for the first time. You must be really stoked about this. Absolutely. It's an exciting event, and uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. And glad to have a lot of your family here. Tell us about that. Huh? You know, uh, my mom's here and, and uh, my four children and, and my nephews, and so um, it's special for us. Uh, we had Thanksgiving dinner uh, today because of our practice and leaving for Tucson. And so it is a very special time for yeah, us. You told me that uh, for your coaches and their families, basically today ended up being Thanksgiving Day. Absolutely. Huh? We, we had an early practice and got at the, uh, to the facility at 6 in the morning and uh, was off the field by 9.30. And so most of our uh, coaches had their Thanksgiving dinner today. Well, that's awesome. Our guests tonight include a gentleman who brings a unique perspective to the ASU-U of A rivalry, one he has seen from both sides as one-time Wildcat pass-catching great and current Sun Devil wide receiver coach Bobby Wade will join us, and so too will a pair of Coach Wade's top Sun Devil receivers as wideouts Elijah Badger and Geo Sanders will drop by for a visit. Like a football game, our show is formatted in quarters, so off to the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And we welcome back Coach Sean Aguano as uh, we take a deep dive into this rivalry game coming up on Friday. What was your first exposure to the ASU U of A game when you moved here to uh, coach, what was about 20-some-odd years ago, to coach high school football? You know, what was the first was at uh, University of Arizona. Uh, I went there as an ASU fan. Um, and uh, just wanted to see what the rivalry was all about. Uh, it was hectic getting into the stadium, and, and uh, it, was a, it was a great game. I can't remember. I knew ASU won, but I don't remember what the score was. But uh, I, just, I just felt the, the electrifying intensity uh, at the game, and it was fun. Well, I was thinking if it went in the early 2000s, Bobby Wade might have been playing he could that have been. game. He could have been. I think he was. How did your perspective of the rivalry change or morph when you joined Herm Edwards' coaching staff in 2019? You know, being a part of it uh, now, um, you know, you're in in the game. You're on the sidelines. You feel the intensity. Um, you know, I was there uh, when we went 70-7, to then last year uh, and the year prior. But uh, it's just the, the amount of energy and emotion that goes in this game and, and what the kids are, are feeling. And uh, um, the game is always played very, very well. Now, you have a lot of kids on your team from the state of Arizona, Kyle Soley being a prominent example, Kyle and his brother Connor Soley, the guys who've grown up and know a lot about this. But 
a lot of your players come from outside the state of Arizona. And for the newcomers, you did something interesting this week, uh, earlier this week, with your video uh, crew. Tell us, uh, tell our fans about that. You know, on Monday, I, I always want to um, teach our kids the why uh, of everything. And, you know, we have a lot of um, players that are coming from out of state and uh, wanted to give them a short history of the Territorial Cup. And it was well done. Um, going back 100 years and to kind of explain Arizona normal and uh, just the whole history of, of, of the cup and the Territorial Cup and what it meant. Uh, and I th- so our, our guys can talk about it mm-hmm. and understand why this rivalry is so big. Now, we've already seen a, a few hijinks. We've seen uh, A Mountain painted uh, navy, navy blue and red. And uh, you have taken a chapter out of the Frank Cush playbook and uh, – I hear you piped the uh, U of A fight song uh, during pa- practices this week. I did, Is that right? I did uh, on Monday, um, I, and I don't even know if they even uh, noticed it. Uh, it was at uh, <laughs> during our stretch, and we played it a couple of times. But uh, you know, they understand what this rivalry means, and and it's it's a one game season, um, one that they, uh, a lot of fans will forget if you win this football game, uh, and because it puts a, a legacy on this 2022 class that has been through a lot of adversity, and uh, they can uh, make a lot of that go away by winning this next game. Boy, you just think about it for a minute. For guys like Kyle Soley and Merlin Robertson to be able to go through your career and say you were undefeated against the U of A. Uh, my partner, Jeff Van Raphorst, was a great quarterback at Arizona State. Jeff never won the rivalry game, and to this day, like 40 years later, that really, really bothers him. So th- that's, this is something that could be a huge legacy for some of your Absolutely. players. Absolutely. You know, it was the sixth uh, game, and Juan Roque came and spoke, and, and he talked about uh, this will be a uh, record for ASU. Um, it also is um, uh, something that uh, these seniors can leave not losing to U of A, and so uh, great memories are ahead of us. In your opinion, having seen it from a lot of different perspectives, what makes this rivalry so intense, so hate-filled, so special? You know, I, I think that uh, both sides are filled with Arizona kids. Um, just being about an hour and a half to two hours away, um, you know, there's a lot of talk going back and forth. Um, and, and there's a, some nasty talk going back and forth. But I think just the pride of Arizona um, and, and with these two schools um, compete, uh, I, I think it's very special. You mentioned the pride of Arizona. My own theory, since I moved here some 40 years ago, is one of the things that makes the rivalry so great is that it's something to me that almost transcends the football programs or the schools. To me, it's almost a Phoenix versus Tucson thing. Absolutely. And, you know, they talk about us up north and we talk about them down south. We hardly ever use their name and <laughs> they hardly ever use our name. And, and yeah. it is. I think it's uh, and I don't know where that middle line is. It is a Casa Grande. Is it Eloy? I don't know what that middle line <laughs> yeah. is. But uh, once you're above that line, um, the north hates the south and the south hates the north. And it's uh, it's a huge rivalry. I know Arizona State's gotten some pretty good players out of Casa Grande and Eloy, Arizona, down through the Absolutely. years for sure. But uh, it, it's, it's, been, it's been something that's been so impressive to observe down through the years. Now, your team is coming off three straight losses, including a 31-7 loss in the home finale last week against Oregon State. What uh, recent trends in those three games concern you the most as you head into Friday? You know, giving up the big plays um, uh, on defense and then, uh, you know, starting slow on offense. Um, when we talk this, um, this 
early uh, of the in the week, we talked about dominating the game from the beginning. Um, we we talk about getting a fast start, making sure we dominate, not waiting till the end of the game and figuring it out. Then let's let's uh, play from the beginning and dominate from the beginning. I mean, I know early on when you took over, the uh, the mantra was finish, finish, finish. But yes. you got to start, start, start. Absolutely, at some point, you know, you? when you get down and finish, and you and you play until the whistle blows, and and they're relentless. Now it has to be how you start and and. Uh, um, taking that lead and let, having the other team play from behind instead of us playing from behind. How are your kids holding up from a confidence, from a mojo uh, perspective uh, through this uh, tough three-game stretch? You know, um, what people don't see is the inside of, of our locker and uh, what our kids uh, go through. You know, they're a very tight-knit group. Um, they understand uh, uh, it's been a struggle, but they've hung together, and uh, I think the kids in themselves um, want to win this. And so um, we had a couple of great practices, three great practices with a lot of energy, and so um, we'll be ready. To my way of thinking, this is going to be a special game on Friday because you'll have a one-time Arizona high school head coach, Sean Aguano, coaching Arizona State. You're also going to have a one-time Arizona high school quarterback who comes from the Tucson area, Trenton Borgay, quarterbacking. Arizona State. Uh, how's Trenton approaching this contest? I can't imagine how stoked he must be to oh, play this yeah, he, game. I know he's excited, and I try not to bring it up and so uh, get his nerves going. But, uh, you know, he, he understands uh, what this means um, coming from that area. Um, he wants to prove them uh, wrong. And I know his family's down there, but uh, he's a competitor, and he's been preparing really well. How's he doing physically? Because he's taken some hits the last couple of weeks and, as you know, got knocked out of the Washington State game two weeks ago. Yes, uh, he's... he's um, trotting along he's uh he's close to 100 percent and and uh, i think he'll have a great game now arizona will bring a four and seven record into this contest which actually is a big improvement from their one and 11 record of a season ago they feature the nation's fifth ranked passing offense that averages 329 yards a game the trigger man of that offense is washington state transfer Jaden delora the uh, uh the uh wildcat starting quarterback who is fifth in the Nash, in, uh, fifth in the FBS with over uh, 3,400 passing yards? What makes the the passing game of Arizona so effective? In you know opinion? they have three pretty good receivers, but I think from a quarterback standpoint, he extends plays. Uh, he makes off scheduled uh, passes. Um, I think uh, he, he takes a lot of chances, and we ha- we need to make sure that we contain him. But uh, they throw the ball uh, 50 times a game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're a, a lot more balanced on our side, and, and uh, we, we're going to have to contain him and stop the uh, passing game. Sean mentioned the uh, Wildcat receivers. They have the only two 1,000-yard receivers in the Pac-12 in UTEP transfer Jacob Cowing and sophomore Dorian Singer. Plus, they have a third receiver, five-star freshman Tateroa McMillan, the highest-rated recruit in U of A history. And yet you have, I think your secondary has uh, been kind of underrated this year. I thought they played pretty well, by and large. How do you feel your secondary matches up with those receivers? I think they, they're well. They're going to do well. You know, our, our back um, secondary is physical, big and physical. Um, they're not as uh, big. I know that uh, the freshman from U of A is uh, has a good size, but uh, I think our guys uh, will match up pretty well. Well, you know, the Stanford receivers were pretty big, and I thought your guys stood pretty much uh, toe-to-toe with them in that Absolutely, game. And, they, and they played a great game, not not uh, giving away any touchdowns, but uh, we're going to have to play uh, an A-plus game uh, in our secondary. Do you think my assessment is accurate about your secondary? I think I think they've been a surprise this year with guys like Roe Torrance and Ed Woods, the way he's developed. Jordan Clark has played well. Corey Bethley 
a tackling machine. Chris Edmonds with three interceptions. All those guys have contributed. For Absolutely, you this year. and, and uh, um, they come out and work every day. And so um, I'm excited to see them uh, against the pass defense. I mean, a pass offense like U of A. But uh, uh, we'll see how that works. Now we mentioned how the U of A has the Pac-12's 2,000-yard receivers. Well, there are only 2,000-yard rushers in the Pac-12 this year, and one of them is an Arizona State Sun Devil, X Valaday, with his 1,095 yards. He also leads the Pac-12, scoring 16 touchdowns this year, and he has rushed for a touchdown now in seven consecutive games. That is the longest streak for an ASU running back since Cameron Marshall ran for touchdowns in nine consecutive games in 2011. And uh, on Friday, Sean, you're going up against the U of A defense, who's run defense statistically, giving up well over 200 yards rushing per game. Is this an area where you feel like you can exploit? You know, I think they're going to load the boxes, and so um, we're going to have to make sure that we pass and get uh, our receivers the ball uh, in space. I think our receivers are very dangerous in space. And so um, that's uh, where uh, I think we'll take, we'll take advantage of them. They're going to try to um, load the box and try to stop X. And I saw quotes from Tucson. Coach Jed Fish of the Wildcats does think his defense has played better in their last two games. They'd given up, I think, over 40 points in like four or five straight games. But the last two weeks, including a win over UCLA and in the loss to Washington State last week, their defense actually played pretty well. I think they, the, the Cougars scored 10 points off of turnovers. He feels, Jed Fish feels his defense is playing better. Have you seen that on film? I've seen a little bit. They're playing with uh, more intensity, uh, uh, being aggressive, uh, on the on the pressure side of it but uh um, we're gonna have to handle ourselves and execute from our side and and get the ball downfield and uh they're gonna have to cover us as well what was your what will be your messaging to your team relative to the right emotional mix with which to play a game like you know and i talked to them about passion having passion going into this game and not being emotional and there's gonna be a lot of emotion with the fans and and the rivalry itself we need to make sure that we're not emotional during the game and, and making uh, bad mistakes and hurting our team, but we want to play passionate. Friday's game will be the final game for your 16 seniors. They had their senior day this past week, their final home game, but this will be it for their ASU careers uh, Friday in Tucson. What? How will you reflect back on this group of 16 seniors? What will you remember about them? What will their legacy be? Their legacy will be they're, they're resilient. Um, they, they know how to be successful through adversity, um, and they fought together, and, and uh, um, they've gained a brotherhood that, that people don't see from the outside. Uh, I'm very proud of them. Um, they could have packed it in and quit, and they have not. And so um, I think this game it means a lot to them, uh, and I think our younger guys understand that as well. And all of them will leave undefeated against the University of Arizona if your team can win this game Absolutely. on uh, Friday afternoon. Plenty more headed your way on tonight's edition of the Maroon Monsoon. We'll get the unique rivalry game perspectives of a former U of A great and current ASU assistant coach as Bobby Wade will join us later on. Up next, we'll meet two of Coach Wade's Sun Devil wide receivers as Geo Sanders and Elijah Badger will join us. But first, let's take a time out here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. Broadcasting live from Dave and Buster's at Tempe Marketplace, a great place for food and family fun. We welcome you back to this evening's final edition of the Maroon Monsoon for the 2022 season, presented by Coors Light, as we talk Arizona State football on this Wednesday evening before Thanksgiving. 
I'm Tim Healy, your host. Glad you joined us. Time now to meet our two player guests tonight, two of the Sun Devils' top three pass catchers in 2022. Our first guest for the folks in the restaurant is to my immediate right. Came to Arizona State as a preferred walk-on after stints at Utah Tech, which uh, was formerly known as Dixie State, and Riverside City College. He has emerged this year as the Sun Devils' third-leading receiver on the season with 32 catches, posting five receptions in three of the last six games. From Murrieta, California, we welcome Gio Sanders to the show. How you doing, Gio? Doing pretty good. What's up, Sun Devil Nation? Thanks for coming by, my friend. Our second guest has blossomed into one of the Pac-12's top pass catchers in 2022. He currently ranks fifth in the conference with his 62 receptions. He is seventh in the league with his 774 receiving yards, and he's caught six touchdown passes this year. He is from Sacramento, California. Say hello to wide receiver Elijah Badger. How you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing? Thanks for coming by. Elijah, let's start with you. Just talk about the season you've had and what you think are some of the reasons or some of the factors that you really have blossomed into one of the top receivers in the league. Um, I think it was a good first start season for me, and I was just wanted to put my um, skills into practice and wanted it to be a good first start season for me. So I just put my skills mainly into practice so I could be good in the game and ready for the game time when the games came. Boy, you have been ready. And, you know, there were a lot of a lot of talk in the off season, actually the last couple of years from fans and observers about uh, – uh, when when was a go-to receiver going to emerge from this pass-catching group? But you two have really emerged like that. Did that, Elijah, did that kind of talk motivate you and your buddies this year? Yeah, that talk motivated us a lot. Um, we kind of had a spark and kind of knew that we had to um, make big plays this year. And we just stuck to it in practice and stuck to the details in practice and kept doing what we doing. And, uh, boy, you have been uh, doing great this year. Gio, uh, let's tell the story. Uh, you and I chatted. We did a feature on you for a pregame show earlier in the season. It's a fascinating, interesting story uh, about how you ended up becoming an Arizona State Sun Devil, the long and winding road that you took to get from uh, Riverside County over to here. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I started off at uh, Utah Tech, like you said, uh, formerly known as Dixie State. I was State. right, Dixie State, yeah. right? Okay. When I was there, it was Dixie State. But, um, like I said, I started there, um, ended up playing there for a little bit, transferred out after my freshman year, went to a junior college, had a pretty good year there. Um, COVID R- Riverside stuff. City College, Yeah, right? Riverside City College okay. out in California. Um, had a pretty good year there. You know, COVID and a few things happened, so I just waited for my opportunity while I was working on the side, and then uh, Arizona State hit me up, and then from there it was just history. Tell the story of where you were working and the phone call you got when you found out you were a Sun Devil. Yeah, uh, I was working at Stater Brothers. I was like a bagger, like a little courtesy that's, clerk, basically doing that, everything that that's people That's a grocery store do. chain in uh, yeah. California, right? Yeah, basically like a, a Safeway. But um, I got off work one day, and my phone was blown up because my uh, running back coach at the time knew uh, the receiver coach here, so I just called him back, and then basically they told me that they, want, uh, they wanted to get extend the opportunity for me to walk on and eventually hopefully earn a scholarship you never know when your life's going to change do you in a certain moment and then that was a life-changing moment for you yeah no definitely it was probably one of the happiest moments of my life and and this is a kid listen to these numbers in high school uh geo caught 143 passes 2400 yards 30 touchdowns at, uh, what was it, Murrieta Mesa High yeah, School? Yeah, Mesa High School. And uh, w- were you very heavily recruited out of high school? Um, no, coming out of high school, I had a one D1 AA offer in USD, like University of San Diego. And then I had the Dixie State offer, of course, and another D2. But other than that, those were the only opportunities I really had. I can't imagine how motivated you were through all that, you know, going from Dixie State back home to Riverside CC, 
you know, working uh, during COVID, everything. What what motivated you to keep going and keep pursuing and keep persevering? Yeah, um, my family and my close friends motivated me a lot. You know, they always had faith in me and what I could do. It really was just, you know, the outside world looking looking uh, down on me or however you want to say that. But along with that, uh, I just wanted to prove everybody wrong myself. Um, like I said, a lot of people were doubting me, and I knew that deep down that I could really get it done at, at the level I wanted to get it done at. So it really just kept me, you know, going, and I really just wanted to ultimately be at this. Like, this is, like, my goal ultimately. Like, I always told my friends in high school, like, I want to play Pac-12 football. So, like I said, when I got the opportunity, I definitely just knew I needed to run away with it. How satisfying must it feel for you this year? This whole year must really make you proud of yourself. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely still more hungry, and there's some stuff I need to work on, but it definitely was a good year for me too. Elijah, talk about your path to Arizona State. You were one of the uh, top-recruited athletes in the class of 2020. Uh, what led you to decide to become a Sun Devil? Um, the receiver coach before. It was the receiver coach before that I had um, secretly committed to that nobody knew about, and I just wanted to come to Arizona because of the family and the, the opportunity that they gave me. They gave me an opportunity, and I just took it also and ran with it, and that's about it. And the first two years didn't go as you had hoped, but what led you to just keep working and grinding to get to the point where you are now, 62 receptions, and hopefully more to come on Friday in Tucson? That's one heck of a season. Yeah, I just um, kept my head down and kept practicing and kept going against the DVs, kept getting better at practice. Uh, for the first two years and just knew my time would come one day and it came talk about the chemistry that you and trenton borgay have developed you two really seem to develop a chemistry very quickly on the field from the moment he came in in the washington game when uh um, emory jones got knocked out of the game due to injury yeah the first two years when i came in um trenton had always been here and we always had some type of connection and always knew um what he could do and what i could do and when we just both got on the field together, that just uh, connected, just yeah, came together. Gio, it, it it seems like everybody on the outside is really surprised at what Trenton was able to do this year. But the guys, you guys on the inside that have seen him work and practice for several years, not surprised. What's yeah. your take on Trenton? Uh, Trent, I think he's a really good QB. You know, uh, I was working with the scout team, so I got some extra work with him. You know, my first two years here, so like how you, uh, Elijah was saying, you know, I kind of knew what he could do. He kind of knew what I could do. So I always had confidence in Trent. What he could do is really just, you know, him um, his moment coming rather than him being prepared for the moment. Absolutely. Now, it's not just the two. You guys have been terrific, but you, your brothers in the uh, wide receiver room have done well, Gio. Guys like Brian Thompson, Andre Johnson, Cam Johnson, <laughs> Chad <laughs> Johnson, and uh, Charles Hall. Uh, talk about your fellow pass receivers and uh, the way they've stepped up at times this yeah, year. Yeah, no, I, like you said, we got a room full of playmakers. Uh, it helps, too, that we're all super close. You know, I feel like this is the closest group we had since at least I've been here. And uh, with that being said, like I said, we just go out every day and compete. You know, we all have a goal, and at the end of the day, we all want to make it to where we want to make it to. So there's never, like, a, a moment where one of us aren't ready to compete. And like I said, it, it helps a lot, too, that we're super close. So we're always going against, like, not butting head, but, like, you know, wanting to be sure. better than one another. Yeah, absolutely. Elijah, what did you know about the ASU-U of A rivalry before you got here? And tell us, was there a moment when you just really became totally indoctrinated or, you know, we found out, wow, this thing is really serious. This is intense. Yeah, I just knew it was one of the longest rivalries ever. And then um, all the hype that's around it, every, everybody that's putting the hype that's around it, that's, that's all I know about it. And I could feel the hype also. I could feel it. What are you anticipating Friday will be like in terms of what the play on the field will be like? This will be the first rival game where you're going to be playing a major role on this team. Yeah, I think it'll be a dogfight. It'll be a dogfight all four quarters, all 60 minutes. 
Gio, what, what, what did you know about this rivalry when you got here? Or did you know much about it? And uh, was there a moment or uh, a time for you when you really realized, wow, this is something? Yeah, um, like Elijah said, coming in, it really was just, you know, people from Arizona or, like, the coaches and people like that told, you know, how big the rivalry was and everything like that. So it really was taking, you know, the information from other people that was up on videos or meetings or however you want to say it and, and taking that and, and really putting it in perspective of, of how big you think the rivalry is yourself. But um, I think the moment that I really realized it was big was when um, they kept referring to him as a team down south other than, you know, the actual college. Because then I was like, okay, like, it's really a hate thing, you know. And then, like, they came up here, you know, they painted the A, like, okay, so, like, people really going back and forth. So it just helped, you know, here in the Arizona side of things, to, you know, get you tuned in with it. It must be fun, though, on some level, Gio, to be part of a rivalry that is that intense because, to me, that's what makes college football so great. Yeah, no, definitely, especially the end of the year off of the game like this, you know, go out with a boom or however you want to say it. It's just it's super nice, you know, just to have such a passionate game to, to go back and forth, like he said, a dogfight for all four quarters. How about you, Elijah? you feel the same way? I mean, uh, that intensity, it's it, it, it just what makes college football so special, isn't it? Yeah, I felt the intensity from the start of the week from all the coaches and the players and the people that was coming in the building. And like Dio said, the meetings, the the videos that they were putting up for us, and just the old history and yeah. what's been happening. Gio, was there any one or two veteran players that uh, you got some wisdom from about the rivalry? Yeah, um, I definitely say Kyle Soley. You know, he, he's been in Arizona. He's been at ASU now for a few years or more than a few years. But he definitely has a lot of information on, on the, you know, the big rivalry. And uh, really, like, really, like I said, anybody really that was from Arizona, like who grew up in this area, like they, they really just give you a lot of information on how really serious it is. Speaking of information, Elijah, what information have you gotten from the film? What do you see of Arizona's defense, their secondary, uh, in terms of matching up with them on the Friday afternoon? Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like uh, I really don't know. <laughs> I really, can't, I really can't say too much, but I really don't know. What have you seen on film, Geo, from the yeah. Wildcats defensively? Um, it just looks. You know, it's going to be some some one-on-one matches that we got to win. You know, like we say every week, you know, just uh, come out there. Whoever's lined up against you, win that matchup and just make big plays. And as Coach Aguano said with the – the, you know, they're probably going to load the box to stop your running game, so you guys might have some opportunity, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, we, we always ready to make some big plays. You know, that's one thing Coach Bobby preaches on, you know, when you're one-on-one matchups and, and make the contested catch, you know, it, it goes a long way. And not only that, but, like, the little details of things, just making sure that we're at the right depth, the right distance, and make sure that not only the time is on point, but to make sure that we get our rack and everything like that. So, like I said, I really just think it's winning the one-on-one matchups. Mm-hmm. Elijah, what are some of the things you've learned from Coach Wade the last couple of years? I learned many things from him, man. Just throughout the years, I've learned many things from him when he was just an assistant. And, uh, we just we just had that connection. And it's been, just been going throughout practice, and I've just been learning the little tips and just been listening to him on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's just been going a long way. Gio, how about you? I mean, it must be uh, really satisfying for you to be coached by a guy who's been there, done that, a great player in the Pac-12 and an NFL guy, too. Yeah, no, definitely. Like you said, it's it's good to hear it from Coach Bobby because not only did it work in college, but also worked in the NFL. So, you know, the things he's teaching us, not that it's, like, hard to listen to regardless, but, you know, like, for a fact, like, okay, like, this works. Like, this works at this level. This works at the next level. Like, he's teaching us the right technique, the right right things, you know, take our game to another level, really. We like to ask our guys before they uh, finish the segment, uh, Elijah, I'll start with you. What are your – obviously, you want to play pro football someday, but uh, what other plans do you have post-college? Where do you see yourself, like, 10 or 15 years from now? Um, 
I just see myself in the in the like like you think like in my in my life. In yeah. My, uh-huh. uh, just living a good life in a big house. <laughs> good wife. <laughs> there you go. How about you, Gio? What would you like to do? Shoot, like you said, if it's not in the NFL, um, I kind of want to stay around the game. You know, maybe be like a trainer, you know, uh, train people on the field in the weight room. Eventually start my own little gym, like a 7-on-7 team. But I always have my psychology major that I can fall back on, a sports psychologist. Well, you've been through a lot, so I'm, I think you could motivate kids to play well. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Absolutely. But, I appreciate uh, that. We appreciate having both of you guys on. You've been uh, great on the field this year. Uh, fun having you on the show. Best of luck. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you, too. Thank, Thank you, too. Thanks for coming Thank on. For Elijah us. Badger. And Geo Sanders, two of the Sun Devils' top wide receivers, are guests on this segment of the Maroon Monsoon. And coming up, we'll meet their position coach. Sun Devil receivers coach Bobby Wade will join us. You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Now, this time out. This is the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. The third quarter. Sun Devil fans, the new Sun Devil Athletics Game Day mobile app is here. Manage your tickets, receive breaking news, light up Sun Devil Stadium with the Sun Devil Lights integrated smartphone light show, and so much more. Download it today from the Apple Store or Google Play. We continue now with tonight's edition, our final edition of the season of the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, coming your way from Dave & Buster's here at Tempe Marketplace. I'm Tim Healy. The radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football and your host tonight. We're glad you joined us. Our guest on this segment of the show is a gentleman who certainly brings a unique perspective to this ASU-U of A rivalry. He's experienced it from both sides. From 2000 to 2002, he was a three-time All-Pac-10 wide receiver at the University of Arizona and to this day remains the number two pass catcher in Wildcat history with 230 career receptions. He is U of A's all-time leader in pass-receiving yards with over 3,300 and is tied for fourth all-time at Arizona with his 23 career touchdown catches. However, since 2019, he has been a member of the football staff at Arizona State and is now in his second season coaching the Sun Devil wide receivers who have shown tremendous improvement under his tutelage in 2022. It is a pleasure to welcome Coach Bobby Wade to the Maroon Monsoon. Great to see you, partner. Hey, thanks I, for having me. I don't think I got to host the show when you were on last year, so I'm uh, really excited to have you on. Uh, it, now, you've been at ASU a couple of years. Is the weird part of it kind of over, or is it still going to be a funky feeling when you take the field at Arizona Stadium on Friday wearing maroon and gold? It, it is over for me, for sure. Now, everybody else is still kind of, you know, it's, it's that always that look like, hey, what are you, no, I, yeah. I know your name from somewhere. What are you doing over there? So, yeah. for me, it's definitely over. Um, you've got the family switched completely over. They're all wearing Arizona State stuff now. This, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's no longer Arizona stuff in the house. So Wow. We're, we're all the way over. Wow, that's and that's impressive. Uh, how strange, though, Bobby, was the dynamic for you at first? It was it was different. Um, it definitely took some time. I, I really had to focus on uh, more of my purpose and you know what I what I want to get done here. Always had love for Arizona State. You know, I was recruited heavily here. I was very close to coming to Arizona State. Um, obviously, I, I played high school ball here, so I'm very familiar with mm-hmm. the the history of Arizona State and you know everything that kind of entails this this rivalry so uh it was weird at first but like i said it, it definitely feels good now 
Yeah, Bobby uh, was a great player at Desert Vista High School, and and I did a little research, and actually, you know, it's happened before, of course, just in the recent past. Our former defensive coordinator, Antonio Pierce, was a terrific uh, linebacker at the U of A and in the NFL. We had a defensive lineman at Arizona State, Vince Amy, Mm -hmm. who was a member of the Rose Bowl team in 96, who ended up coaching at the U of A. And then there are gentlemen like Noel Mazzoni, Craig Bray, and Kevin Wolfhausen, uh, fellows who were assistant coaches at both Arizona and Arizona State. It's kind of where the professional trail takes you, isn't it? It is for sure. Um, You definitely dive into that rivalry and you understand a little more because of the history of this rivalry, but... Yeah, as, as the profession calls, you know, you definitely got to you got to go to where where that where that leads you. Absolutely. Now, how would you differentiate or describe the differences between playing in the rivalry game and coaching in it? You know, it's much different. I, I referenced something earlier in the week that you know it's really important for the players. You know, they're the ones who are going to set their legacy. They'll always remember those games. Uh, and, and as you know, they'll always be associated with that school regardless, Yep. Um, a, as I understand very well. So you really want to let them understand it's their moment, it's for them, it's their opportunity to, to put a stamp on this rivalry and, you know, make their mark in the legacy uh, to come. And, and so it's, it's really about getting them going. As a coach, uh, you know, it's another game for us. You know, it's very serious. We take every game very serious. Our approach to every game will be exactly the same. There's no game heavier or anyone lighter. Um, obviously, there's a little bit more emotion that goes into this one as we try to prepare the boys to understand the history of the rivalry. And understand the play, as Coach Aguano said, with the right mix of emotion and passion, right? Absolutely, yes. You would prefer passion over emotion for sure. There you go. With your tremendous perspective, seeing on both sides, what is your opinion as to why this rivalry is so great? I think the, the history, obviously, is one. It's one of the oldest rivalries. You first got to understand that and respect that. Um, it's actually a physical trophy that you can carry out uh, from the rivalry. It's not just uh, saying, you know, you beat the other school. It's, it's actually a trophy that you can hold and, and handle. And, and the oldest trophy in college football. And the too. oldest trophy in college football. And I, and I think there's so many players that are from Phoenix that are actually playing on that team as well and playing for Arizona State. So if, if you're from Arizona, you definitely understand it. Uh, you grew up in it with the houses divided a lot of times. Yep. So you, you definitely understand w- what it actually means. So it's, it's a big deal. And this year you've got a quarterback who comes from Marana High School just north of Tucson. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I actually spoke uh, with him earlier. I know he's probably going to have about 175 people out there. So it's, it'll be big, you know, for him. And, you know, it's big to be able to put on for the uh, city of Tucson in Phoenix, you yeah. know, at, at yeah. the opposite side. So. We're excited for him. We definitely want to get it done. Well, we could buy a half hour of airtime and talk rivalry with Bobby <laughs> Wade for sure, but I want to talk about your wide receiver room because I think the group has really progressed this year under your tutelage. Give us your uh, professor's grade of your bunch uh, this season. You know, they've taken on a really big challenge uh, with, with everything that goes going on in college football with the portal and, you know, all the different options and getting, you know, poached at by other people and things like that. I think they've really – uh, you know, really locked into what I've been trying to teach them about. You know, we talk a lot about this being a pro and trying to approach things, like approach the game that way each and every week. I think they have done a great job with that. 
uh, and it's something I harp on every day. And they hear it. They get texts in the morning, 530 in the morning from me every morning. I'm sure they're actually tired of hearing it. <laughs> but uh, I'm really proud of how they've, you know, approached the practice every week, how they've taken on the challenge to uh, understanding, you know, that they need to be a group that is in a pressure situation often, but they need to be consistent. They need to uh, obviously be ready to make plays when they're called upon and, and also be okay with understanding that, you know, we're a really good running football team too. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, they're really getting a mix of everything from me every day, and, and I think they've really done a great job handling it. Why, in your opinion, has Elijah Badger blossomed into one of the very best receivers in this league? Uh, I think he, obviously, the God-given talent's one thing. You know, you can't deny that. Uh, God's blessed Elijah with some really uh, unique skills as an individual and as a player. Uh, I think his real jump for that was also him taking on the challenge that I pressed in front of him about uh, being consistent day in, day out. It's good to be – you could be good. You know, we always have this thing where I talk to him about being great, not good. Uh, you're going to be good just because you're going to get opportunities based off of your physical ability and what, the, what God's blessed you with. Now, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to really challenge yourself and take that on and, and study more? Are you going to be a person that uh, really wants to be great at your craft? Or are you just going to be okay with being a good college football player? And so I think he's really taking that on, and, and we're just – we're just really getting started. You know, I really think he's in the infant stages of this thing. Mm-hmm. He'd probably tell you that he's already arrived, but uh, he, I think he understands there's still so much more that you can get out of this that he eventually will, I think, if he sticks with it. Well, we've had so much fun watching him blossom this year uh, for Arizona State. And, and Gio's story, when I interviewed him for a, a pregame feature back in September, I was getting goosebumps <laughs> hearing him talk about that trail and that the phone call he gets at the grocery store when he's on shift to, uh, you know, invite him to walk on at Arizona State. I mean, that's storybook stuff. Yeah, it is. It is good stuff. And it's that's probably why I'm, I'm really attached to especially these two more than others. Not to say I'm not attached to the whole room, but these two also were with my journey from starting in the recruiting department to being, you know, an offensive analyst to coaching them as a graduate assistant and then being the opportunity to actually coach them as their receiver coach. Uh, I've watched them grow as well from working with them on the scout team and, you know, trying to get them to take that serious and understanding their role as a scout player and how that makes the team better and it helps the defense. And not only that, but it really hones their their individual skills. So, you know, Gio's one of them guys in in the same fashion that, uh, you know, he came to work every day. He understood that he has uh, some skill that can be that needs to continue to develop. And he took those challenges on and you know, what you're seeing is just, you know, a product of that opportunity presenting itself. Brian Thompson is another kid that I thought uh, stepped up midseason. He had a bit of a, a rough uh, transition from Utah to Arizona State, but he, he kept with it. He stuck to it. And uh, he told me at midseason that he got a lot of ins- inspiration from his mom, right. who just told him to just, you know, put your nose to the grindstone, keep working at it. And he did, and he made some big plays. Yeah, he's faced some, uh, some real challenges, you know, not only just on the field with, with a couple of injuries, but, you know, his personal life as well. And, you know, the, the transition to be able to transfer from a college uh, and then come in and, and try to reestablish yourself, it's difficult to do. Super proud of how he's also handled what his off-the-field stuff and how he's been carrying himself as a leader in the room. Uh, he'll be set to graduate here, which is a really big deal uh, for him with the, with the academic great. challenges that he's had. So mm-hmm. you know, super proud of how he's, hard, how he's pushed through a lot of adversity. And, again, you're seeing 
you know, that, that byproduct of, of his hard work, you know, coming to fruition on the field. Bobby, I think if you win on Friday, your guys are going to have their fingerprints on the game, don't you, from what Coach Aguano said. Uh, obviously, Arizona's run defense somewhat suspect. You have a 1,000-yard runner, but they're going to load the box, and it's going to create opportunities for your dudes out there. Yeah, no doubt. I, I hope we, we get to light it up. You know, every week, it's obviously, as a receiver coach, it's a little biased, but, you know, we take a lot of pride in blocking, too. You know, it's part of the game. But there's no doubt about it. We want the ball in the air as much as possible. We feel like you know, we can make a lot of those plays. The challenge is going to be, uh, you know, some matchups one-on-one on the outside. And, you know, we definitely have to take advantage of those contested catches and, you know, big run after catch, all these things that we preach with them. I think they're up for it, and we're excited to see how they play. Well, I called all three of your games when you played us in 2001 uh, and two, and you were awesome, man. But I'm going to tell you, it's great having you part of the Sun Devil family, Bobby. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and uh, best of luck on Friday. Appreciate it. Love being here. Thank you. Great to see you, bud. Bobby Wade, Sun Devil wide receivers coach, our guest here on the Maroon Monsoon. Coach Aguano will rejoin me for the final segment of the final show of the season as we look ahead to the rivalry game Friday at Arizona. We'll do that in just a moment here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. Thank you for joining us all season long for the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, coming your way live from Dave and Buster's in Tempe Marketplace. I'm Tim Healy, interim head coach Sean Aguano, rejoining us now in our final segment of our final show of the year. And boy, it's great to have Bobby Wade on staff, isn't it? And what a job he's done with your two guests tonight, Elijah Badger and Geo Sanders. Absolutely. He's done a great job. Not only is he a great coach, but he's a great man as well. Absolutely. Now, uh, Friday's game uh, at Arizona will be your ninth and final game of the season as interim head coach of the Sun Devils. And it, in essence, it's basically been a, an audition for you for because uh, I know you dearly would love to be named the uh, permanent head coach at Arizona State. Uh, what has this journey been like for you the past nine or ten weeks from a personal level? You know, it, it has uh, it's been an honor um, to be the, the head coach at ASU. Um, to make sure that our kids um, um, came together and played. Um, it was They were going through a tough time in adversity, especially for the last 20 months, and coaches as well. Yeah. So trying to keep everybody together and, and uh, making sure that uh, we finish every game and play every game hard, um, and I think we've done that. And so uh, uh, we'll see what uh, happens uh, after this season. What have you learned, and what do you feel that you've brought to the position and to the program? You know, I thought we brought um, the accountability uh, our kids play more than um, for just for themselves. And, uh, you know, from a discipline standpoint, uh, what people don't understand, in the last four and a half weeks, uh, 159 of our players have not missed a, a class, an assignment, uh, or have been late to a class. Wow. And so that has been, that has been huge for us. Yeah. Um, and so from an accountability standpoint, uh, um, I wanted to make sure not only they are student athletes first. And uh, um, I, I, I preach that every day. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, from an accountability standpoint, we want to make sure that uh, they understand where I'm coming from as well. Now, you, your staff, your players, everyone totally focused on Friday's rivalry game, and rightly so, against uh, U of A as you go for a sixth consecutive win over the Wildcats. Is it difficult to avoid looking past Friday into the foreseeable future, knowing that we're probably going to know the result of, or who's going to be the permanent head coach within the next few weeks sometime? No, I, I'm focused on my kids. <laughs> I mean, that's and I'm focused on the next two days and, and the Toro Cup. And uh, um, God has a plan. And uh, whatever happens, happens. But uh, 
knowing that we gave our 100% for our kids, that's the most important thing. And uh, um, I think our, our coaches, staff, um, as well as myself, have done that. And, and uh, uh, I'm blessed uh, to be their head coach. Tomorrow, we, before we travel to um, Tucson, we're going to spend uh, a day together um, in the backyard of a uh, one of our players, Case Hatch's player. And uh, we're going to have a traditional uh, Thanksgiving all together with our coaches and their families and all of our players. And so there will be 200 of us wow. uh, spending uh, Thanksgiving together. And I think that is really important for our kids to understand that this is an incredible uh, holiday. When you talked about the things you brought to the program, I think the biggest thing you brought to the program is Ohana. Absolutely. The, the idea of family, and it's going to be personified uh, tomorrow on a day that's so important to all of us, Thanksgiving Day. Absolutely, and uh, they are my family. I, I've told them um, no matter what happens, uh, my phone will be the same number, and they can call me anytime. Uh, uh, no matter how old I am, um, I'm still going to be uh, their head coach uh, in this 2022 season. And I would say, Sean, whether you get the full-time job or not, certainly you have to feel, as all of us do observing you, that in this short time you've made a huge impact in the lives of these young men. And that's ultimately what a coach's job is all about. Absolutely. And uh, um, just thinking about that and uh, that uh, we've made a difference. Um, they've made a difference in my life. You know, I talk about inspiring them uh, and, and loving them. Well, they did that back to me. And so um, they inspire me and our coaches. Um, they held our coaches and myself accountable. And I asked for accountability from that side. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the love that they gave back to us, um, they, nobody can ever take that away from us. And so uh, I want to make sure that uh, I let them know tomorrow from as a family standpoint, uh, this is a great uh, um, I'm grad. I'm grateful for them. How do you feel? Do you what do you feel your chances are of becoming the full time head coach? You know, I don't. Uh, I don't really uh, look at that. I got a game to play. I mean, mm-hmm. we went through the process, and, and uh, we'll see uh, what uh, the higher ups think, um, and they'll make the choice. And whatever choice they make, just understand that I love ASU, um, no matter what happens. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I want it to to have ASU, ASU to succeed. And uh, no matter in what capacity, um, I, want that, I want to see that happen. What kind of game do you think it will be on Friday? Uh, it's going to be a, a track meet. Uh, that it's going to be a, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, <clears throat> they're going to score um, a lot less points than we are, and we're going to score a lot more, and we're going to go back and forth. But uh, I think it will be a track meet, a fun track meet. I think it's going to uh, uh, have a lot of motion in the game. But uh, overall, I think that we're going to come out ahead. Well, that's, uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch, and I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game myself. Absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna, we're, it's going to be a fun one to call, and we're going to have it for you here on the Sun Devil Radio Network as we will have you covered like a blanket for Friday's ASU U of A game in Tucson. Our coverage will begin at 10.30 a.m. on Black Friday morning. If you're going shopping, turn on the radio, doggone it, and join the Sun Devil Tailgate Show hosted by Mitch Vereldis, who will be filling in for Jeff Munn, and then former Arizona State quarterback Jeff Van Raphorst and Kevin Turner will join me with a play-by-play starting at 1 p.m. And you can hear the game on Arizona Sports as well as ArizonaSports.com and the AZ Sports app. Mitch Vereldis will then host Sun Devil Sound Off immediately afterward. This being our final show of the year, we want to thank uh, Sean Crespin, our terrific Sun Devil Radio Network engineer, for his great work all year long. Thanks to Molly Gardner of the Sun Devil Radio Network for her help and our great in-studio coordinator, Cody Fincher, as well. 
From Sun Devil Football, Nate Wainwright, Marcus Aline, thank you, fellas. And again, thanks to the folks at Dave & Buster's and our great fans for joining us all season long. And, Sean, it's been a blast working Absolutely. with you. Best thank of luck so on much. Friday. I appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. And we thank you folks for joining us. That'll do it for the Maroon Monsoon. Till next time, for Coach Sean Aguano, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening. So long, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. You've been listening to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. The Maroon Monsoon airs live from Dave & Buster's at Tempe Marketplace. Sun Devil Football is an exclusive presentation of the MidFirst Bank Sun Devil Radio Network.